great to have all of our guests with us today. Thank you again, Dr. Bonin, for coming. And when I say that you can't say enough good things about this man, I'm telling you the truth. Um, I don't know of uh, anyone that I would esteem higher for his service, not only to our community politically, but to our community in the medical field. I don't even know if he remembers, but the first time I ever met Dr. Bonin was over a neck issue years and years ago. And he had the wisdom to tell me not to have surgery at that time and sent me to someone who could help me. That's been a long time ago. But thank you, Dr. Bonin, for being here. The only thing that I didn't like is that he took my message. Now I'm in a... I'm in trouble, and I'm, on, I'm the only thing between you and lunch, so that's an unenviable position. But I hope that you know before you leave here today that not only does God love you, but Greater Life Church loves you. Amen. So just for a few moments, if you could, let me take you back to what Dr. Bonham finished with, Matthew chapter 25. Uh, when we were preparing for these weeks of honoring different aspects of our community, this particular passage came to me, and I'll be honest with you, this is one of those passages that you just kind of shy away from, not only as a pastor, but as a person, because it puts a great deal of responsibility on you. And... I, I just want to read a few things there. Matthew chapter 25. It is also great to have Mrs. Bonin with us as well. Not just Dr. Bonin, but Mrs. Bonin. Thank you for coming today. All of our guests, God bless you. And this is what it says. When the Son of Man shall come in His glory, and all the holy angels with Him, then He shall sit upon the throne of His glory. Before Him shall be gathered all nations, and He shall separate them one from another, And as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats, and he shall set the sheep on the right and and the goats on the left. And then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered, and you gave me meat, and I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we a hungered, or fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? And when saw we thee a stranger, or took you in, took you in, and or, or naked and clothed you? Or when so we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as you have done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. And then he shall say to them on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire. For I was hungered, and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you took me not in naked, and you clothed me not sick and in prison, and you visited me not. And then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when 
saw we thee a hungered, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee, then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as you did it not to the least of these, you did it not to me. Now that will mess up your life right there. Or it will get it straight, one or the other. God bless you, you may be seated. Someone said that there are three things that all men should consider in their life. One of them is Christ for me. Christ for me. His compassion that fails not, his love that is unending, his mercies that are everlasting. It is important for us to understand that the Lord is for us today. He is not against us. The second great truth is that not only should we remember that Christ is for us, but that he is with us. Everybody say, he is with us. He is an abiding presence. He is an ever-living and encouraging Savior who comes alongside to encourage and give us strength. But not only should we remember that He is with us, but finally we must remember that Christ should be in us. And that is the real difference in life. Just not knowing Him, but knowing that He lives inside of me. And as I said a while ago, this passage, you know, it will mess with your mind if you're not careful. It will mess with your thoughts as you're driving down the street and you look on the curb and you see somebody that is standing there with a sign and you're wondering, are they legitimate, are they not legitimate, are they just trying to make a fast buck, or is there really a need? And it will it, it will mess with you when you drive down through the unfortunate part of our community and you see people living in tents and living rolled up in newspapers and you wonder, is there anybody reaching out for them? It was this passage of Scripture that began to work on my own mind a few weeks ago. And I want you to understand, first of all, that this passage of Scripture is not about salvation. That, that's not what he was talking about. You're not going to be saved by good works. Although, as a child of God, every one of us ought to have some good works on our behalf. But we're going to be saved because of the grace and the goodness and the mercy of God. That's why we're here today. But what this story does signify is that it pictures what it should be like if he does live inside of us. If he's not just somebody that we know about, but he's somebody that we claim to to, to know in a personal way, that he lives in us, that we have come to know Him through the power of the Holy Ghost. We've come to know Him through a relationship that developed from an altar experience. This passage of Scripture has to do 
with what it should look like if he does live in us. And when I began to consider this particular passage of Scripture, the first thing that leapt to my mind was the fact that there are some things that are important to God that we need to pay real close attention to. There are things that are important to God that may not be important to us, but we better make sure that our priorities match with His priorities, not His priorities matching with ours. And the simple fact of this story is that there are things that are important to God that's going to make a difference in my eternity. There are things that God's going to weigh out in my life and your life that are going to affect where I spend my eternity. And the simple truth is the story tells me that God judges by a different standard than humanity. When we look around, we're looking around for somebody that's smart or somebody that has money or somebody that's famous, or somebody that's made something of themselves. And so we use that as the criteria of worth, that if they've accomplished this or they've done that, then they are worthy of our attention. But God said, you are misjudging life. You you don't look at life the way I look at life. You don't look at things the way that I look at things. And God said, I want you to understand what's important to me. What are the things that God considers of value? Is it money? Come on, folks. Does, does money really mean something to somebody that owns the universe? Does wealth or fame mean, some, mean anything to someone who's omnipotent or omniscient? Does talent impress God? Does the fact that I am gifted in... I mean, He's the one that gave all the gifts. So it's not the thing that we as a society put emphasis on that seems to matter to God. What matters to God is this. Our reaction to human need. When we see somebody in need or we see a human need, what is our reaction to that need? And is our reaction based on whether somebody is watching us or not? We didn't know it was you, Lord, or we would have, we would have done better. Sometimes God comes into our world disguised as a problem. And he waits to see how we're going to respond to it. And if we don't think that it's going to advance our career or make us better with our friends or it's going to give us brownie points or or make us better in our community, then we tend to turn our head and ignore the problem. But Jesus said, there's going to come a day I'm going to separate the sheep from the goats, those that are mine and those that are not mine. And the thing that's going to make, the the thing that's going to be significant in that hour is the things that was important to them that they were not even aware of, but they did them because something inside, something instinctual said, you need to do this because that's the right thing to do. You need to do this because this is the way God would have done this if he were here. 
So the story underlines one simple truth, that God's interest is not in my social rank. It's not in how big my bank account is. It's not interested in how many degrees that I have, and I'm not against degrees. He is not after my mental gifts. He is after what's in my heart. How am I affected? The question is simply this. Did I or did I not help someone in need? Did I or did I not lend a hand to someone who was down? Did I or did I not give my best to someone who did not deserve it? How many people in this world do we help because we think they deserve it? Do you know how many people have disappointed this pastor that I thought deserved my time and attention over the years and come to find out they were not what we thought they were? And then the people that we tend to overlook, the ones that we don't pay attention to, the ones that just come and go, those seem to be the ones that God is most interested in. God's interest is not in the things that I consider important. But the question is simply this. Did I or did I not lend a helping hand? Did I or did I not help somebody who was hurting? Did I or did I not try to make life better for somebody having a hard time? Now, we don't like to base whether we're, whether we're going to make it or not on that, but you can't take Matthew 25 out of the Bible. And the simple fact is that there are a lot of things that we feel like for ourselves are going to give us credit with God, and they don't even register on the page. It's the thing that we do for those who cannot help themselves, those that don't deserve. All our achievements in life are, are, are simply nothing if we do not help somebody along life's way. You know what? When we think of life in those terms, it really does simplify the way we live. Then it quits being a rat race. Then we quit worrying about whether we have this car or that car or that house or this house or we make this much money or we make that much money. When we understand that when it comes to the end of the day, God's not going to look at my bank account and say, he did pretty good. Not going to look at my portfolio and say, man, he invested wisely. And I'm not against that, but that's not how God's going to judge me in the end. He's not going to look at all the things in life that I take credit for. He's going to look for the things in life that I can't take any credit for. Just a kindness or some love or mercy that was shown to somebody who did not deserve it. You see, the story simply tells me that God has some things that are important to him that better become important to us. Amen. The second thing is that this story reveals to me, and I think this was the most startling thing about this when I reread this, is that it reveals that in all people there is a certain blindness to the reality of the significance of life and what goes on in our life. Neither 
The good, the righteous, or the unrighteous understood. They both asked the question, when did we do this? When did this happen? And I think the point is simply this. There is in all of us a blindness to certain things of eternal significance. And what I would pray this morning would be, God, would you open our eyes to the things that matter to you? Would you open our eyes to the things that really touch your heart? The reason that you were moved is because they were the things that moved you and they also moved me. They were unaware of their helpfulness or their unhelpfulness. That they were doing something of eternal significance. God, I pray somehow this Sunday morning that we honor those who are involved in the care of others. That you would open all of our eyes to the opportunity of eternity. That we can do things right now to make life better for somebody. To show love to somebody. To have compassion on somebody. To care for somebody. That could make a difference for eternity. And what I love most about this story is simply this. God didn't ask me to invent the wheel. He didn't ask me to do something that I couldn't do. He mentioned things that everybody in this building has a capacity of doing. A cup of cold water. A piece of bread. Stepping across the street to just say a word of encouragement. You don't know what they're going through. You know what amazed me about this video? Was the doctor who came in to do the surgery had come from the ICU ward of his own kids. Nobody knew that. and That wasn't flashed on the sign. That wasn't made known. That's just the things that people do in life. And there has to be that kind of record about you and I that we're not trying to do things so, you know, people's paying attention or somebody's taking notes. Oh, I... I saw that good deed, or I saw you I saw you be nice to that person. You, we're not doing it because we want recognition. We're doing it because something inside of us that's godlike said that if if the Lord were here, this is what he would do. More than that, what brother what Dr. Bonin said, when you look at that person, why don't you look at him like you're looking at Jesus? And that's what he really said. He said, when you do this to the least of them, you've done this to me. Amen. Makes a difference in the way you drive down the street. Makes the difference. Sometimes you're just going to have to drive with blinders because this kind of verse will mess with your heart. It'll mess with your spirit. It'll, it'll make you get out of your little comfort zone of the little system that we've developed in making ourselves feel better about living for God. That some of the things that we think really count, God said, I don't see that on my screen, but I'll tell you what does matter. There's a man next to you that's hurting. 
There's a kid across the street that's confused. There's a family in your neighborhood that all they need is somebody that would just smile and wave or come by and shake a hand and thank them for whatever they are or just show a little love. Those are the things that matter to God. Amen. Let's stand together. It's a simple standard that anybody in this room could fulfill. It's not too much for any of us. He said, feed the hungry, clothe the naked, visit the sick, visit the imprisoned. Anyone can do that. Anyone. Say, I can do that. I can do that. I I can be more sensitive to the things that matter to God. Amen. God, help us today. Every one of you that are here as a guest of Greater Life Church, in your bag there is a a little keychain that we have placed there. We have prayed over it. It has a prayer cloth in it. We want it to be a reminder to you every day that you go to work that there's a church that's going to pray for you, that God would strengthen you as you give you would be strengthened and encouraged. We prayed over these last week, but I want to take a moment right now, and I want us to pray God's blessings upon all of those who are involved in the healthcare industry today, those that are here and those that are not here. Why don't you just reach over and take somebody by the hand next to you, and let's join together in prayer right now. Oh, God, we don't really know how to come before you as we ought to. When I consider your goodness, Lord, and your mercies, when I consider your grace and your love, why, God, do I not understand how important it is that I be a giver? God, I pray today for all of those who have come, the medical field, the laborers, with those who are ill and those who are shut in, those who work in any of the health care fields of labor. I pray, God, that you will give them renewed strength today, that you will touch their lives and you will help them. I pray, God, that you would place your hand upon them and give them strength, Lord, for the journey. I pray today your blessings upon everyone as they go about life, they go about their labors, that they, when they look into the eyes of a patient or someone in need, that they will see Jesus, that they will see that they are not doing that unto you, unto that person, but they're doing it unto you, that they're doing it for a higher and a greater cause. Oh, today, God, would you bless and would you make this a blessed day? And would you let them know, God, that we certainly appreciate all that they do and all that they have done. They're giving their sacrifice, all of their labors, Lord. They are not unnoticed and they are not unappreciated. God, thank you for those who have chosen that field to make life better for somebody. But God, in a sense, we are all health care workers. 
In a sense, God, you have sent all of us into the world to help make it a better place. And if there's anything, Lord, that would show that we are yours, it should be our love for one another. If there is anything that should show that we are yours, that you live in us, that we know you and you know us, is that something would be reflected in our life of you. All that we do, Lord, we would do it as unto the Lord. Whatever our hands find to do, Lord, we would do it as unto you. I pray your blessings upon every family today, God. And I pray that you would minister in this sanctuary right now to all of your people. God, touch our hearts with the things that move you. Let our hearts become sensitive again to the things that matter to you. A cup of cold water. Something given to that one that is less fortunate. God, a kind word. A hand that is extended to someone who is down. Help us, God, to become givers. Givers of mercy. Givers of love. Givers of compassion. Let us touch our community and our world not with our talent, not with our gifts, not with our finances, but with your love to touch our world with your mercy, your grace, your goodness. We ask it all in the lovely and wonderful name of Jesus. Everybody said amen. Amen. Let's clap our hands to the Lord and let's give him praise.